Hey guys, my name is Ian and welcome back to the AZ Sports Podcast. In this episode, it's going to be more draft talk. We're going to be giving out a mock draft. Uh, we're going to come out with 10 bold predictions and we're going to be talking a little more about the Arizona Cardinals. At the end of the first episode, I said that I would be making a seven-round mock draft with trades for this episode, but obviously there has been a slight change of plans. I'm only going to be doing one round um, with trades, and to replace those other six rounds, I'm going to be giving out ten bold predictions, and I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the Arizona Cardinals. To start off with the bold predictions, I'm going to say... Tua Tungo-Vailoa falls out of the top 15 and lands with the New England Patriots in a trade-up with Dallas. I really do not think that Tua will be picked by Miami or the Chargers in the top 10. Um, I do think that they have their eyes set on either an offensive lineman or Justin Herbert. I do think that because of the injury concern, Tua will slide. Um, I don't think Oakland will draft him or Jacksonville if he goes that far. Um, if he makes it to 17, I, I would think that New England would want to trade up and get somebody that's significantly much better than their current quarterback, Jarrett Stidham. And to make sure they jump ahead of Miami, I would think that they would trade with the pick before Miami at 18, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. I think Dallas is going to be targeting a cornerback, um, whether that be Christian Fulton, A.J. Terrell, uh, Jeff Gladney. Um, I think it would be too early for players like that at number 17, so I think a trade back would make sense. New England, they get their quarterback of the future. My second bold prediction for the NFL draft is that no more than two trades occur in the first day of the NFL draft weekend. Um, I say this just because of the whole pandemic that's been going on. Not saying that it will cause that to only be around two picks, but I think just because of how scouts, general managers, and head coaches have to stay isolated from everybody and everything's got to be virtual, I think it's going to be much difficult to process the trades and give that call to the commissioner that they've traded picks or they traded players. I think... It, It'll just be very hectic for that reason. Um, I'm going to say the Miami trade, or not the Miami trade, the New England trade with Dallas could be one of them. Or, or you know, whatever team that decides to trade up or trade back or trade into the first round is going to be having a difficult time doing that. And if trades do process, I think that no more than two trades will happen on the first day. For my third bold prediction, I'm going to say the defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw, not Derek Brown, goes to the Carolina Panthers at seven. Kinlaw is a very interesting prospect. He's a much better pass rusher than Derek Brown ever was at Auburn. But Derek Brown is one of those very good run stoppers and can be like a Vince Wilfork type of player to be able to create 
very good mismatches to make sure that the defensive ends or the outside linebackers go get to the quarterback. Um, I would assume that in a Carolina Panthers defense that doesn't really have too many pass rushers, I think they would be a little more interested in a Javon Kinlaw. Um, if I were them, you know, I would trade back maybe a few spots just to make sure that, you know, it's a you get extra assets out of it because I don't think Javon Kinlaw would go that high. But then again, this is a bold predictions segment. So Javon Kinlaw and Derek Brown, if it was Carolina, I would say, you know, Javon Kinlaw over Derek Brown. For my fourth prediction, I'm going to say one of either the Chargers or the Cleveland Browns. Uh, trade for Trent Williams, the left tackle from the Redskins. I think it would definitely make sense for Cleveland to go after a Trent Williams player. Definitely not worth trading a first-round pick for, but maybe a second and maybe another asset for Trent Williams and then another asset. Um, it would also make sense if Cleveland drafted a tackle at number 10, or if they trade back or whatever pick they have in the second round, they could go get a left tackle. They already signed Jack Conklin to be their right tackle, but they'd also need to protect uh, Baker Mayfield's blind side. I feel like the Cleveland Browns offense is in a win now, or their offense is, you know, ready to win. Um, I think that would be the more bold, aggressive move that the new general manager should take. And about the same with the Chargers, they have a need at the left tackle position. While they still don't have the greatest offensive line, I think that Trent Williams would really elevate that for whoever quarterback, or for whoever's going to be under center at the quarterback position, whether that be Herbert, Tua, um, maybe even Tyrod. Um, I think that would be like another win-now move. They've already made their defense more you know, ready to win. I think they should do the same with the offense. I do think that uh, the Chargers have a good coaching staff that could really bring in Trent and help him be, or just help him go back to being the number one left tackle in the league. For the fifth bold prediction, I'm going to say Vegas pivots at 19, and they put Derek Carr on the trade block and draft uh, the quarterback named Jordan Love. I feel that Jordan Love is the exact type of quarterback that John Gruden wants or needs in hit to run his offense. He has the big arm. He can scramble outside of the pocket. He's really accurate with you know his touch and the ball placement. Um, last season in his last season of college, it was very inconsistent. He threw a lot more picks this past season. But um, you can just tell that, you know, his the talent is there and he just really needs to be maximized to his full potential. I do think that the Vegas Raiders are going to be looking to trade Derek Carr and his massive contract. He's became much more timid and conservative with the short throws. He's not looking to throw deep anymore. If you take Jordan Love, um, you're really going to feel the the stands in Vegas next season. 
for my sixth bold prediction. I think Chicago trades into the first round with San Francisco at number 31, and they take cornerback A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Chicago, they have an all-right secondary. I mean, they have Eddie Jackson as their safety. They have Kyle Fuller as their star cornerback. But outside of that, you know, it's it's very subpar. Um, their second-string corner is decided by either Artie Burns or Buster Scrine. Uh, they lost Bryce Callahan in the 2019 offseason, and they had to release Prince Amukamara uh, this offseason. I would think that Chicago would be desperate for a corner, and A.J. Terrell, you know, he's really gotten a lot more disrespect because of his performance against Alabama. I mean, that's a difficult task to do to guard an NFL-caliber offense with two NFL-caliber receivers in uh, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Um, I think that one performance has really, you know, dropped his um, his rankings. Um, I do think he's one of the better corners in this class. I think he would he would make that secondary much better than it is right now. I think a trade-up with San Fran would make sense because San Fran, um, they're really looking to trade a whole lot of pieces. Um, they're two first-round picks. I've also heard, you know, Quan Alexander, uh, their middle linebacker, their pass rusher in D forward, and a bunch of other players. I think it would make sense to for San Fran to accumulate assets to maybe part with to trade away those players or to really get a little bit more younger for the future and Chicago they get one of the top corners in the draft for my seventh prediction I'm gonna say LaVisca Chenault he does not slide and he gets drafted by the New Orleans Saints at number 24 I think LaVisca Chenault would be a guaranteed first rounder if it wasn't for his core muscle surgery um, that really did lower um, uh, lower his rankings. Um, when he was healthy, he pretty much was, you know, that whole college football team that was uh, Colorado. He was pretty much the best player on that team. Really put people into the stands because he's... He reminds me of, like, a Devontae Adams where his route running is very, very good and he has good hands. May not be the best uh, creator or separator, but he can really put fear into many secondaries in the league. And for a New Orleans Saints team that is trying to get younger and trying to build for the future and maybe get another asset for Drew Brees to maximize his final two years. I think that just makes perfect sense for him to be that wide receiver three. He's going to be learning from Michael Thomas. He's going to be learning from Emmanuel Sanders, um, even Alvin Kamara, who can be a catcher out the backfield, and Jared Cook. I think that fit as the wide receiver three just makes too much, too much sense for New Orleans and that they should not pass up in my opinion, a top three wide receiver prospect. For my eighth prediction, 
I'm going to say Indianapolis takes a quarterback at number 34, but it's not going to be Jacob Eason. I think it's going to be Jake Fromm. I do feel that Indianapolis, um, their front office, really likes to play conservative and goes for, you know, talent, you know, their talent level or something like that instead of, you know, potential um, impact players. They want somebody that can be impact right away. And assuming that, like, he would take in that starring role, which he probably won't. Philip Rivers is going to be the starter for Indianapolis. If he wasn't there, he would probably take the starting role, Jake Fromm. Um, he kind of reminds me of, like, a dumbed-down version of uh, Rosen, Josh Rosen. Um, both have good touch. They're both very smart. Um their accuracy when it comes to the tight window throw is really good. Um, I feel that Fromm can be like the better prospect. Um, he's not as turnover prone as Rosen is or was back in college. Um, and if you wanted to give like an upgrade version, he would kind of remind me of a Philip Rivers, both not not mobile at all, but have very good touch and accuracy, and both like to really risk it for the biscuit down the field. Um, I think that Fromm would really, you know, take over for that Colts offense when Phillip Rivers' contract ends. Um, he's going to have T.Y. Hilton. He's going to have other weapons. He's going to have Jack Doyle and even Trey Burton, who they signed just today, as I am recording this. Um, and they he has a fantastic offensive line I think from you know whenever Philip Rivers leaves he's going to be very very good in that offense for my second for my second to last prediction um I'm gonna say Arizona loads up on weapons and after a small trade back with the Cleveland Browns they take CD Lamb I feel that Cleveland's is in like a desperation mode to grab a tackle, whether they trade for the Trent Williams, like I said earlier, or whether that be an Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs. Um, I do think that they would want to get ahead of the Cardinals or even trade up with the Cardinals. Um, I think, you know, they give up maybe like a third round pick to move up two spots. Um, and... You know, C.D. Lamb to Arizona is not that far-fetched. I mean, uh, Cliff is always looking for new weapons. They need a second receiver that would take over for Larry Fitz when he retires. Um, but in the present, it would be a very deadly, um, very deadly group with Kyler, Kenyon Drake, uh, and then you add on Hopkins... Fitz, CD, and Christian Kirk, that would, I think that would be pretty overdosed, like, not gonna lie, um, you know, this is probably, like, the bold prediction that's, like, not too far-fetched, I would take an offensive lineman if I were Arizona, but, you know, this is bold predictions, so, CD Lamb to Arizona, you know, not only is it bold, it makes a ton of sense still. For my final bold prediction, I'm going to say three out of these eight players will be traded during the draft weekend, uh, whether that be 
Uh, the Ravens linebacker, Matt Judon. The 49ers defensive end, D. Ford. The Chiefs defensive tackle, Chris Jones. Uh, the Bears, Mitch Trubisky. The Bucks, O.J. Howard. The Browns, David Nyaku. The Jags, Yannick Ngakwe. Or the Bengals, A.J. Green. A trade for any of these players would just really make sense. Or the team that has those players trading them makes sense. Um, Matt Judon, Chris Jones, AJ Green, Yannick Ngakwe, they're all on the franchise tag. Either they're going to get re-signed or they're going to get dealt. They're not going to play on that tag because they want to get paid. You know, I could definitely see a lot of these guys being traded. I mean, maybe not Chris Jones. I wouldn't even think AJ Green. But Yannick Ngakwe, that's a guarantee. He's, I wouldn't say he's going to get traded on... You know, he may or may not get traded during the draft weekend, and that's the same thing with Matt Judon. But the draft, they'll have, you know, perf- it's a perfect time to really get the trades going during a time where almost everything is, you know, much more clear because people know what teams are going to be looking at um, in prospects in the draft, so they would want to give up those players to really either move up or whether they just like need to get money off their hands. I would think that three of these players will get traded during the draft weekend. And that wraps up the 10 bold predictions for the upcoming NFL draft. And we're going to still keep talking about uh, draft stuff, and we're going to be mainly talking about the Arizona Cardinals in this segment. You see, the beauty of this draft is that everything is so unpredictable since everything is going to be much more difficult or the process is going to be much more difficult. Um, And that's going to be for every team, but I'm, you know, really intrigued by, you know, my favorite team, the Arizona Cardinals, during this draft. Um, As you know, they traded for DeAndre Hopkins to be their number one wide receiver. Um, They signed Jordan Phillips to be their... Uh, defensive tackle. Uh, they signed Devondre Campbell to be their second middle linebacker to possibly cover running backs, tight ends. Um, they also signed Devon Kennard to a deal to make them the the second string pass rusher next to Chandler Jones. But everything that they've done, everything is still wide open for them at number eight. Whether that they stay put, trade up, trade down, you know, they could really just take the best player available. Like, there's not a huge need, like, that's eye-opening. Um, maybe the right tackle position, but, you know, they got they got the depth. I mean, Marcus Gilbert, you know, low-risk, high-reward still. Um, Justin Murray played really well um, taking over for Marcus Gilbert after he suffered his torn ACL last season. But there's this tackle class is very deep they could really just select you know a second round um talent in the fourth round and that's the same with you know a wide receiver except that wide receiver class may be much deeper than the tackle class i mean you could select a a second round talent in maybe the fifth or sixth round i mean the the amount of depth there is at each position in this draft is fascinating um 
and Arizona, they could really just take the best player available. You know, you could still take C.D. Lamb, for, um, like I said in the bold predictions, to take over for Larry in the future to really be that number two wideout next to Hopkins. Um, you could take Isaiah Simmons if he's there to be the the coverage middle linebacker guy. He can he could be a pass rusher. Like he he's like three four different positions, um, and and they're all molded into one player. He's like he could be an outside corner. He could be a slot corner. He could be a safety. He can be a middle linebacker. He could be a uh, pass rusher. I mean, he's a very, very well-rounded, very good player, very quick as well, very smart. Um, I've heard some stuff that he might just fall to us at at number eight, but, I mean, where's it going to have to see with that? I mean, you could also take Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw to keep boosting that defensive line. Um, I would prefer to get one of those two in a trade back. I wouldn't really want to spend a top 10 pick on a nose tackle unless it's like an Aaron Donald-esque player. And I don't think, I wouldn't predict that um, one of either Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw are going to become an Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox type player. Um, they, Like I said, they could also take a tackle. Um, and they might have all four of them as, you know, at their disposal if they choose to. You know, they could have Tristan Worf still sitting there. Uh, Jezik Wills, Andrew Thomas, Mikai Becton. All of those guys could still be at number eight. And with such a deep offensive line class, they could really get some good value if they decide to trade back. Um, they could still select one of the top four tackles right there. Maybe all four tackles are gone in the top ten. I mean, that's how good these those four offensive tackles that I named are. And hey, if Jeffrey Okuda falls to number eight, he's probably going to be the guaranteed pick. I mean, he, he's the top corner in his class. He's a press man corner who can who has, you know, very good instincts, very good coverage skills. Um, and obviously, corners really um, need a lot of time to develop into a very good starting caliber cornerback you know corners are really project players but you know Okuda can have like a day one impact kind of like how um Patrick Peterson did back in 2011 or maybe he can be like the Byron Murphy for uh next year he can be you know you know a very solid corner in his rookie year he's going to have ups and downs but he's also going to do very well in the special teams game um, really try to develop him there. They also did that same thing with Patrick Peterson, played him as the punt returner, and he played really well as the punt returner in his rookie season, then fell back to planet Earth. I mean, um, but almost everything is on the table at this point, and I will not be mad at all with whoever we pick. I mean, with, you know, whoever is ranked higher on their board, that's who they should go with. You know, this like this class is very good. You can also even, like, if they decide to trade back, they could still take an offensive tackle. They could still take a wide receiver. Um, maybe Kinlaw or Derek Brown are there. They could also take a, a linebacker or one of the other corners not named Jeffrey Okuda. 
you know, C.J. Henderson has really gotten a lot more top 10 buzz. You know, Christian Fulton, A.J. Terrell, um, Trevon Diggs, they're all very solid corners. And if you want a pass rusher, I mean, Clavin Chason is, you know, one of the better pass rushers in this, in this class. You can also take Kenneth Murray. Um, I got nothing negative to say about him. He's a very good football player, very good personality, good off the field. Um, you could also take Patrick Queen. I mean, there's a lot of options for them. Whether they stay put, whether they trade back. Uh, but my number one target, if they were to say it at number eight, I would pick Tristan Wirfs. That dude's got a very high ceiling. I like his bust potential is, you know, I feel like that it's non-existent. I feel that at his worst, he's a very, you know, solid offensive guard um, or offensive tackle in this league. You know, he's also very versatile. He's very quick. Um, and he plays that right tackle position, which is what the Cardinals need. Um, I would not have a problem if we didn't take him or if we did take him. Uh, but Tristan Wirfs, he's my number one offensive tackle in this class. If he comes to us, I think that should be the uh, person that we should take. Um, you know, my second option, you know, I would really try to trade back. Not too far. I mean, the farthest that I would go is number 14. I would think that one of the receivers or one of the offensive tackles are going to be right there. Um but like as I have been hearing from um, other outlets like Ian Rappaport, um, they would really want to grab another second round pick. Um, I think trading back from that number eight pick to 14, 13, 12, whoever in that range decide to trade up, um, that they would have to give up a second round pick. Um, you know, that will really add more depth to us, fill more holes if they think that we have a lot of holes. Um, my third option, I would take um, C.D. Lamb. And all of this is assuming that Isaiah Simmons and Jeffrey Okuda are top five picks, top six picks. Um, you know, I would love to see an offense where, you know, you got – um, arguably the best receiver in football, the most electrifying um, second-year quarterback, um, a versatile running back, a Hall of Famer in Larry Fitzgerald, and then you reunite Kyler with uh, CeeDee Lamb, and then you also have other weapons. You know, Christian Kirk is still, you know, a very solid slot receiver. I expected him to do better this past season, but, you know, injuries have caused that, and he's been very inconsistent. Um, but I'm hoping that his play elevates this next season with a year under this offense, you know. Um, you know, they still have Andy Isabella, their second rounder last year. They also have Keyshawn Johnson and Keith Butler. Um, they also, I'm throwing out Trent Sherfield out there, too. I mean, that dude was... You know, he's a mainly a special teamer, but in the opportunities or when he was given the wide receiver uh, duties, he was really, he was good. I mean, he was surprising, but, I mean, 
I mean, this wide receiver group can turn into the best if they did draft CD, and that would really put a lot of people in the Cardinal Stadium seats. Um, those are the top three things that I would do. Um, you know, if I were to predict what we do on the first day of the draft, I would think that they would pick um, Tristan Wirfs as well. I would assume that they would there um, that Wirfs is the Cardinals' number one offensive tackle. I think their number one player on their board would be Isaiah Simmons. Um, I do think that he would be taken um, before the Cardinals pick. But if you get Wirfs, you know, as a consolation prize, I think that's a very, very good consolation prize. Um, you know, you get to protect Kyler for multiple years. You already have Humphreys on the left side. Um, and if Humphreys gets hurt, who he's known to get hurt, um, you could just plug in Wirfs over there. Um, and then maybe bring up Marcus Gilbert at the right tackle, Justin Murray at the right tackle. I mean, the the possibilities with a very versatile offensive tackle is, like, the possibilities are endless. Um, that's who I think that they're going to pick. That's who I think they should pick. And that's going to wrap up this Arizona Cardinals segment. To end off this second episode, I'm going to be doing a mock draft. That's only going to be one round. I know that I said that I would do seven, but um, there's a bunch of difficulties with doing a seven-rounder. I tried to do a three-rounder. There was some um, phone issues, so I couldn't um, do that in time. So I had to quickly do you know, a one-rounder with trades. Uh, this mock draft is what I think will happen, and it's not going to be, none of them are going to consist of the bold predictions, um, unless I, you know, throw something in there, but it's only going to be one round, there's going to be multiple trades in this uh, mock draft, this is what I think will happen. To get rid of the obvious picks, um, you know, I do think that Joe Burrow is the number one pick, I think there's no question about that. Um, and then Chase Young to Washington at number two is a guarantee as well. I mean, Bur Burrow to the Bengals is the worst kept secret in the NFL draft uh, for the 2020 NFL draft, as I'm saying. Um, and then Chase Young, it's, you know, Washington is like, they could be the start of the draft. They could trade back with uh, a few teams that are looking to maybe draft a quarterback, maybe draft an offensive tackle. Um, maybe they look at a Jeffrey Okuda and think that um, they do need, you know, corner help since they traded Quentin Dunbar to Seattle this offseason. Um, they released Josh Norman, and, you know, rightly so. I mean, he was overpaid, and he was he's fallen off. Um, but I think that this defense is going to be more, you know, ready to win if they had a Chase Young. Um, they get themselves in who I think will be an elite pass rusher in Chase Young. Um, and I think those two are, you know, the two most well-known picks or most repeated picks in, you know, mock drafts that I've seen around um, on CBS, on NFL.com.
and that's what I'm gonna. Um, that's those are the two picks that I think will happen in this draft. At number three, I do think that Detroit is gonna be like their main thing right now is they're gonna be looking to trade back. I don't think it would make sense for um, Detroit to take a Jeffrey Okuda, who I think they will pick. Um, spoiler, but. I think they would want to pick him a little later. I don't think it would make sense to pick a corner in the top three unless it's a, a Patrick Peterson Jr. Um, or a Richard Sherman Jr. But I'm going to have him trade back, and it's not going to be with Miami. It's going to be with the Chargers. I'm going to say the sixth pick, 71st pick, and, the, and a 2021 second-round pick heads to Detroit for the third overall pick. And the... Uh, Chargers, they select Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked Tua there, but due to his injury concerns, I wouldn't think that would happen. Um, but Herbert is has all really always been mocked to the Chargers, and I think that the, he's like the Daniel Jones of this class, or you know, the Patty Mahomes of this class. Not saying like. They're as talented as any of them, but they were the the quarterbacks that the media really did not like um, as a starting caliber quarterback, but I would think that the NFL draft scouts, you know, or NFL teams really do like Herbert. Um, you know, if... The Chargers really maximize him to his full potential. I think he could be a top three quarterback. He has the arm talent. Um, he's not, you know, crazy mobile, but he can move out of the pocket. You know, he's very accurate. Um, and the thing is, his stats kept, you know, getting better and better as the season goes by. I, I It might be his record with the team. It might be um, the offense that he was in, the competition he was facing. But I really don't understand why a lot of people are not liking Herbert and or hating on him as much um when you got somebody like Tua who's who hasn't played a game since November and you know has that injury concern is still getting the top three top five buzz um I think Herbert would be the safer pick out of the two um and I think you know Herbert would flourish with a Chargers team that is looking to really improve as the weeks go on. Uh, number four uh, for the Giants, I I have them selecting Jedrick Wills. I think that... Um, I think Wills has a connection with one of the uh, members of the coaching staff. I can't remember if it was like a Joe Judge or like an accomplice of Joe Judge. Um, but they need to fill out that offensive line. Um, Nate Solder is just not it. Uh, he's overpaid. I think this might just be his last season. But to, you know, really... Um, to really... To really maximize his... Um, Nate Solder's talent. Because he does have talent. It's just that, he, you know, he's an older guy. He's, you know... You know, he was a part of that New England system. But he was looking very talented when he was with New England. So, you you know, you got to think that he is talented. But to really maximize his last year, I think it would be perfect to pair him with, you know, a Jedrick Wills who he could just be the top offensive tackle in this class. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked an Isaiah Simmons here. Um, 
or a Tristan Wirfs or Makai Becton. But I think that Jedrick Wills here makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, due to the connection, he'll be in the Big Apple. He's, you know, already came from big, a big-name school and going to a big-name team. Um, not that that has to deal with anything, but I think, you know, the pairing of Jedrick Wills and the Giants would really match perfectly. Um, at number five, I do not think Tua is going to be picked by Miami at number five. Um, I do think that he'll slide a little bit, you know, more than a lot of media outlets are expecting. And that's why I'm not having Tua right here. I'm going to say that they picked an offensive tackle. Um, there has been a lot of, you know, chatter coming around saying that, um, you know, they're looking to trade up to get an offensive tackle. And that's, you know, really intriguing um, to me because, you know, I never thought of them as, you know, top three picks. But if they are able to trade up to two or three and grab a player uh, like a Jedrick Wills, Thomas Becton, Werfs, um, you know, that would really throw the, the draft for a loop. That would be, to me, that would be pretty crazy. Um, I'm going to have him select Andrew Thomas here. To me, he is the number one tackle in, in this class. He's only allowed two sacks in his whole collegiate career. Or it might just be last year. I I keep mixing up the two. Um, but Thomas, his run blocking is very good. You know, his pass blocking, very good. Um, he's probably the safest offensive tackle pick. He's very durable as well. Uh, you know, last year, you know, after the 2019 draft, and, I, you know, I saw a whole lot of mocks, and they had us picking Andrew Thomas and, you know, the other players that, you know, they haven't really gotten this big yet but Andrew Thomas to Arizona really made sense to me at the time if he falls to us or maybe we trade back it it would still make a whole lot of sense I mean I love um Andrew Thomas the personality the player um I think he would be perfect for you know a Miami team that's still looking to get younger and I could tell that they're looking to you know grab younger offensive linemen uh for the future uh, number six, like I said, you know, Detroit, you know, they traded back. And I said, you know, Jeffrey Okuda would be the pick. Um, you know, they lost Darius Slay. Uh, they made that, um, they made that trade, you know, just to, you know, shed some salary or not pay however much he's wanting annually. Um, Jeffrey Okuda is a younger corner option. You know, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think that this would be the right pick. And I wouldn't think that Isaiah Simmons would be the right pick either. I don't think any of them really truly fit into their defense or what Matt Patricia is trying to run with that defense. But if they do select him, I would think that I'm not going to sit here and say, and if they pick Isaiah Simmons or a Jeffrey Okuda, then during next season that he's going to get fired. I just think that is a, uh, more of a likelihood, you know, it's a greater likelihood that Matt Patricia does get fired during next season if they were to select one of these uh, defensive players. Um, and even then, you know, they, they're going to bring in the new system if they if that does happen and he could really flourish in that system more than, um, better than a New England-type defense. Um you know, I got Okuda at Detroit. Uh, number seven, 
is Carolina. I haven't taken Isaiah Simmons. I can really do. I can really see them taking a Derek Brown or a Javon Kinlaw. Um, you know they they've always brought in you know older veterans to try to compete. Um, like last season, they brought in uh, Don Terry Poe. I don't remember if they brought in Gerald McCoy that year too. Yeah, they did. Uh, Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe. Um, older options because they you know they thought they were gonna win. Uh, right then and there, obviously they couldn't, so they let them go. So now, not only did they lo- lose them, they lost Mario Addison and Vernon Butler to uh, Buffalo. Um, I think the presence of Luke Keekley is going to be, you know, greatly missed. I think that getting an Isaiah Simmons, you know, while it may not be the most natural fit for Isaiah Simmons, but you really have to at least attempt to fill the void that Luke Keekley, um that Luke Keekley filled. Um, he'll be much better in the coverage. He's going to be much faster. He's not going to be as smart as Luke Keekley because Luke Keekley, his mind was on another level. I mean, his football knowledge was insane. And not saying that Isaiah Simmons isn't smart, it's just that Keekley isn't is on a whole nother level. Um, I'm going to say Isaiah Simmons, starting middle linebacker for the Carolina Panthers come this next season. Um, number eight, I do think uh, Tristan Wirfs is going to get drafted here. I already explained that in the last segment, so I'm just going to speed past that. Uh, number nine, I have Atlanta trading up um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm going to say the ninth pick uh, from Jacksonville goes to Atlanta for the 16th pick and the 47th pick in the draft. Um, Jacksonville gets an extra second rounder. They get more picks. They could possibly get more picks if they were, were to trade uh, Yannick Ngakwe or Leonard Fournette because I've heard you know Fournette's name pop up in rumors. Um, I'm going to have Atlanta take C.J. Henderson. Uh, they lost or they cut Desmond Trufant. Um, Isaiah Oliver isn't um, progressing as much as I would hope. Um, he's not been a letdown, you know. He's been I eight, but I expected a lot better from him. Um, you know, there that secondary is you know really depleted um, with not a whole lot of talent. You know, C.J. Henderson, you know, he might be raw, and he might not, you know make a huge day one impact but to me he's the second best corner in this class um you know you could also decide to draft maybe a um a Javon Kinlaw Derek Brown to you know really help out Grady Jarrett um I just think that CJ Henderson to Atlanta makes a lot more sense and I do think that they are interested in him that's what I think will happen um Number 10, I got Cleveland. I think that they trade down as well. But Miami comes up, and they take Tua. Cleveland trades the 10th pick for the 18th pick, the 56th pick, a 2021 fourth-round pick, and a a fifth-round pick for this year. Um, Yeah, that might be a little much, but they're moving up eight spots, and they're going to go grab a franchise quarterback if... You know, they think that he's the franchise quarterback. Um, They could also, you know, wait it out for Jordan Love. I just feel that um, 
the upside for Tua is going to really intrigue Miami. Um, you know, like I said, they were they were not going to select Tua at number number five, or if they decided to trade up at number four, number three, number two, I wouldn't think that uh, Miami would pick them there. It would make a lot more sense for him to you know keep dropping and then trade up to that number ten pick, eleven pick, wherever he, wherever you feel comfortable trading up to. Um, and they're gonna still they have so much more um, draft picks coming up in in day two and day three, and they have a lot uh, more in the twenty twenty one draft if they decide to keep all those picks. Um, Tua to Miami, you know, it makes sense. It's what a lot of people are expecting to happen, but it won't be at the pick that a lot of people are expecting them to be at. Number 11, uh, I got the New York Jets. I'm going to say they select Makai Becton, the last out of the offensive line group. And, you know, it's unfortunate because they could um, they could have gotten an Andrew Thomas or a Jedrick Wills if they fell there. Um, I think that Makai Becton will be the last picks out of the... Um, out of the four, you know, he's he would be the best one available over there. You know, C.D. Lamb makes sense right right here. Um, I just feel that the um, whatever tackle side, the left tackle, the right tackle, Makai Becton would really fill that void for um, to really protect Sam Darnold. He he gets hit a lot, and you get you know because of that, he might just be seeing ghosts out of that, but. Um, Mikai Becton to the Jets make a whole lot more sense, you know, upgrades a offensive line group that is looking like it's going to play very, not very poorly, but not, not good. Um, number 12 is the Vegas Raiders. Um, I have them select CD Lamb. Um, CD to the Raiders, um... I wouldn't be, you know, completely shocked if they, you know, went to a Jerry Judy to, you know, become that Devontae Adams-esque player, you know, best route runner or whatever. Um, I think that C.D. Lamb, I think that it would really open it up for Derek Carr, for him to really, like, not play as conservative as he once played and go back to his 2016 form and really try to throw... Uh, you know, throw to players that are running medium routes, long routes. It's not like he doesn't do that, but he just doesn't do it as often. And that uh, throwing the deep ball, throwing the the medium ball is going to... Um, like, he was doing that during his really good season. I think, you know, drafting C.D. Lamb would really put him back to the... Um, not the MVP form, but to the player that he once was. Um, number 13 is the, the 49ers. I'm going to have them trade back as well. Uh, I'm going to say they trade back with Denver for the 15th pick and the 83rd pick, which is a third-round pick. Um, I'm going to say Denver selects a Jerry Judy. Um, you know, best wide receiver available. I think they're... I am like 100% bought on the fact that they are looking for more weapons for Drew Locke and another receiver next to uh, Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, their tight end. Um, you could also put Henry Ruggs here to be that deep threat. I just think that Judy, you know, you go the best receiver available. 
Um, I think that Jerry Judy goes to the Denver Broncos. Uh, number 14 is the Buccaneers. I, don't, I didn't have them trade up for a offensive lineman. And I don't have them selecting Henry Ruggs right here either. Um, I'm going to say that they picked Javon Kinlaw uh, at number 14. Um, I wouldn't think that they would go for a Derek Brown because they already have a player similar in a Vita Vea, but Vita Vea is, you know, a proven commodity, and it's not like any of these players are, you know, proven players. But I just think that the upside on Javon Kinlaw, for him, to, you know, he could become, um, he could really learn under Vita and Domkin Sue. Um, I think he would turn that defense elite in a few years. He'll make an impact day one. I think that his um, his potential is going to be much higher and that he'll reach that potential in a matter of three, four years. Um, number 15 is the Niners um, with the trade back with the Denver Broncos. I'm going to have him select Henry Ruggs. Um, they lost Emmanuel Sanders um, to New Orleans in this free agency. Um, that trade really paid off for San Francisco, you know, they reached the Super Bowl because, you know, they brought a, I'm not going to say an elite receiver, but, you know, one of the better receivers in the league, and they're missing out on him now. You know, you bring in Henry Ruggs to really, you know, go vertical, um, really blow past, blow past defenders in a division where, like, not a lot of these corners are going to really keep up or it's going to be hard for corners in their division to keep up with a Henry Ruggs-type player who's very quick, um, you know, also has very good hands as well. Um, I'm going to have Henry Ruggs to the to the Niners, you know, boost up that wide receiver room with, uh, with a Debo Samuel, and then maybe even, you know, if he decides to improve or maybe he improves, you know, a Jalen Hurd or a Dante Pettis. But, um, you know, you really still need to upgrade your wide receiver room, and I think Ruggs right here makes a lot of sense. Uh, at number 16, uh, it is Jacksonville via Atlanta. I have him select Derek Brown. Um, the Jaguars, you can just tell that they're in a rebuild mode, and they're going to need more defensive line help. I mean, they traded away Campbell for some toilet paper. They traded... Um, AJ Boye for uh, a bag of Cheetos. Um, they also released uh, Marcel Darius and Jake Ryan. Um, I think you know Gardner Minshew. I'm not you know the biggest believer in him, but you know if you're gonna you know start him, who I think will be he's more of like a project. Not saying Brown is a project, but you know he's still raw in the sense of his athleticism and, you know, the pass rush. Um, but you pick up Derrick Brown, you get younger. He's still a very good um, defensive tackle. Um, he would really elevate that that group by a lot if they were to pick Derrick Brown. And that's who I think that Jacksonville would target, whether that is at 9 or number 16. 
at number 17 is the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to have them select Christian Fulton here, the cornerback from LSU. Um, I don't I don't know too much about Fulton. I just, you know, really liked how, you know, his statistics and, you know, watching a little bit of film. Um, he's always been, you know, solid when he was, you know, playing press coverage. But, um, and he also has, I think, you know, the best instincts for a corner. Um, they need an outside a uh, cornerback that you know no more slot corners they have like a million of those they lost Byron Jones um Fulton here whether you know whatever corner they pick you know whether that be Fulton or uh Gladney um maybe an AJ Terrell or maybe they pick a safety you know Xavier McKinney still on the board Grant Delpit Antoine Winfield um I just feel that um, the upside and the potential day one impact of Christian Fulton would uh, really influence um, the Cowboys to draft him. Um, I would um, think that he, the Cowboys would pick one of those four, five, three corners. Um, and I think Fulton would separate himself from the rest of that group. At number 18 is Cleveland's after the trade down with Miami. Um, I'm going to have him select Josh Jones out of Houston. Um, you know, they still need a left tackle. I don't have him trading for any offensive tackle or any offensive lineman from any other teams yet. Um, you know, they get the tackle that's next to um, Jack Conklin. Uh, protects Baker Mayfield's blind side. Um I think wherever you go, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked, you know, a wide receiver here. Um, because believe it or not, even though they have Odell and Jarvis Landry, um, they still have David Nyaku and they brought in Austin Hooper. And they brought back Kareem Hunt. I mean, he's a running back, but he's a very good receiver out the backfield. Um, they still need a third receiver. Um, they had Antonio Callaway this uh last season. He was expected to do much better, um, but not only was he hurt, he was ineffective, and he got cut during the season. Um, that's unfortunate because I I liked that player, but he you could just tell that he was kind of like a locker room cancer. Um, but you got to do what's best for your quarterback, and you got to protect him. Um, you don't want him to get you know bull rushed every every play. Um. You know, if they were to trade back, he's the best offensive tackle available, and that's where they should go, and that's where I think they will go if this trade were to to happen. At number 19 is the uh, Vegas Raiders again. Um, I have them selecting a pass rusher in Clavin Chason from LSU. Um, they selected Cleland Farrell uh, last draft. Um complete surprise and he didn't um he didn't have the the season that um most people were hoping for a uh, number 4 pick in the draft um you know passed up on uh Josh Allen uh, they also brought him 
you know, they drafted Max Crosby last uh, last draft too. And he played better than expected, so you know, his expectations are going to be continuing to rise. Um, they brought in two middle linebackers this past offseason and Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski. Um, they still need the um, better edge rushers, maybe even edge rusher depth, but he could really be that that number one pass rusher for this team. Um, I would think that, um, you know, he is on their radar. If he drops to, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they consider him at 12. Um, I think at number 19 would, you know, come with, you know, really good value. Um, I like the fit there. Um, he's getting a fresh start in Vegas. Um, you know, I just really like the fit and, um, the destination that Clavin Chason would be heading to in this scenario. Um, number 20 is Jacksonville again. I have him select, uh, Jeff Gladney from TCU. Um, you know, after they traded, uh, uh, AJ Boye, they traded Jalen Ramsey this, uh, during the season, during last season. Um, they're still going to need, well, they are going to need corners. Um, they signed a dark has Denard this past season, but you know, he, if you didn't know, like his, like the discussions fell through, they couldn't agree on the contract language. So he's still a free agent and they don't have a number one corner. They still need, you know, corner depth. They need safety depth. Um, their defense really needs to get uh, fixed. I think uh, starting off with uh, Jeff Gladney, um, you know, is very realistic and what I think will happen. Uh, 21 is, um, I have him drafting Justin Jefferson out of LSU as well. Um, it makes sense for Philly to draft another receiver. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson always get hurt. Uh, Marcego Whiteside of this past season was, you know, a little bit of a disappointment for being the 57th pick in the drafts. And um, Justin Jefferson, you know, one of the better outrunners, you know, he's very good, you know, being able to create plays and isolated mismatches for himself. You know, he's a taller receiver as well. Um, I think that a wide receiver, whether they trade up or they say put, that will be very... Um, ecstatic to be at that um, position to draft one of the best wide receivers. And Justin Jefferson on my board is the number four receiver in this class. Um, number 22 is the Vikings um, via the Bills. I'm going to have him get um, AJ Epinesa. Um, they still have Danielle Hunter. They brought in uh, Michael Pierce to be their nose tackle. They let go of Everson Griffin. Uh, Anthony Barr was, you know, a real disappointment after get, getting that really big contract. Um, AJ reminds me of like a Calais Campbell, where he uses a lot of his hands and use a lot of his muscle. He's not, you know, a speedy pass rushing guy. He's also a good run stopper as well, and I think that um, I can't remember their def uh, defensive end's name. But he had like an all right season as a rotational player. And now every Minnesota Vikings player or fan, I should say, um, think that he, you know, he's the future of um, that position for Minnesota. I'm not buying that at all. I think getting a um, not a proven player, but you know, a 
highly touted player in this draft. Um, and AJ Epinesa would, you know, would be perfect for this team, and that's what I think will happen. 23 is the Patriots. I don't have them taking a corner like how a lot of other teams do. Not a corner, a quarterback. Um, I'm having them select uh, Xavier McKinney out of Alabama, the safety. Um, they traded away Duran Harmon to Detroit. They re-signed uh, Devin McCourty. But, I mean, how many more seasons is he going to last? I mean, he's getting up there in age, you know. He's been with them the whole his whole career. Um, they also have Patrick Chung, who's older than Devin McCourty. Um, also a very good safety as well. But, you know, with the age, he's going to... His play is going to really um, decrease. Um, you get yourself a, a future safety, safety in Xavier McKinney. I think that would make a whole lot of sense. And, you know, I would think that they, either go, they pick somebody that's in the secondary. I think Xavier McKinney makes the most sense if you were to drop here. Number 24 is the New Orleans Saints. I have them trading back, and that would be with the... Indianapolis Colts, and that's going to be the last trade of this mock draft. Um, New Orleans trades 24 to Indianapolis for the 34th pick, the 75th pick, and a 2021 fifth round pick to uh, trade up and draft Jordan Love out of Utah State. Um, like I said, like his potential is you know really through the roof. He has a great arm, um, very good touch. Um, he can run out of the pocket and still be accurate. Um, obviously, consistency is a um, is an issue this past season. Um, and that's the same thing with the the quarterback that would be ahead of him, and that's Philip Rivers. Um, he played, you know, very consistently, inconsistent, inconsistently uh, last season with the Chargers. Um, uh, Jordan Love to Indianapolis, you know, whenever he takes over, he's going to have T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, um, maybe even Trey Burton if they decide to re-sign him after this season. Um, you have Marlon Mack as your running back, and then you got a, the best offensive line group in the league. Um, I think Jordan Love to Indianapolis, you know, it's always made a whole lot of sense to me. Um, you know, if they kept their number 13 pick, you know, I would have expected them to take Jordan Love too, but, um, you get Jordan Love at a, you know, a much cheaper, I want to say a much cheaper price, but, um, yeah, cheaper price because each pick has like a, a different salary and Indianapolis, uh, getting him at number 24, his salary is going to be much lower than the salary of the 13th overall pick. But Jordan Love really makes sense for that offense. That's what I predict he will go. He won't go to New England. He won't go to Vegas. He's going to Indianapolis. Number 25 is Minnesota again. Their own pick. They I have them selecting Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, the center. Um, whether or not you like it, they still need a lot of offensive line help. Um... They need more guard help as well. Like they need to create more space for Dalvin Cook to, you know, really take over the run game. 
Um, Cesar Ruiz is the top center in this draft. I, I don't think that he would be playing center. I think he would be playing one of those guard positions. Or maybe even vice versa. Maybe Garrett Bradbury, their first-round pick last year, uh, moves over to guard while Cesar Ruiz takes over the center duties. But um, you need to really try to maximize Kirk Cousins' you know, few years. He's 33 already, which um, I did not believe that he was you know, getting up there in age like that. Um, you know, you really need to maximize his, you know, final few years, especially since you already traded away Stephon Diggs and you let go of your three, uh, your top three corners. Um, you can't go into a rebuild mode now. I mean, especially since you already re-signed, uh, Kirk Cousins to an extension. Um, you really need to protect him and make sure that, you know, he buys into your into your future and that's why you take Cesar Ruiz and that's where I think that they will go with either 22 or 25 number two oh <laughs> at number 26 is Miami again um they're gonna take another offensive tackle I'm gonna have them select Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia so you know I think that this is a very intriguing pick and this is probably the pick that I really like the most you know you get you know, two tackles opposite of each other, and they were both teammates in college for the past three years. And, you know, you know, let's just say, well, in this scenario, you have Tua, so you're protecting his blind side with this pick. But let's say that they drafted a, a sliding Justin Herbert or a Jordan Love. You know, you're going to have your blind side protected, you know, either way with a young player that was drafted in his draft class. So you have a lot of time to, you know, really build that, you know, that trust in your offensive line, your chemistry. Um, Isaiah Wilson, Andrew Thomas, Tua Tungavailoa would be a very, very successful draft class for, or a successful day one. Um, I think that if those two picks were to happen, then Isaiah Wilson will be the pick at number 26. A uh, few more picks left, and at number 27, Seattle, I have them staying put, and that's the first time I've had them ever staying put in a mock draft. Um, you know, for the past, I forgot how many years in a row they've traded back, but that streak is still going on, and I wouldn't be surprised if they traded it back with this pick or traded that pick for Yannick Ngakwe. Um, but I'm going to have him select a potential replacement for your Jadavian Clowney in uh, Yader, most, Yader Gross Matos out of Penn State. Um, I would have expected Gross Matos to be picked a lot earlier, you know, if this was like a month ago. You know, a month ago, I was thinking like Tampa Bay and like as high as, um, as the New York Jets at 11. Um, but then you have to, you know, kind of come to your senses and think that, you know, there's a lot of other people that are just rising and that are potentially more talented than Yuri Gross Matos. Um, he also kind of reminds me of like a, he reminds me of a Gri Everson Griffin, you know, you know, very, uh, not the quickest, but, you know, can beat people off the edge. Um, uses hands a whole lot more 
um, than Everson Griffin, but you know they both use their size to an advantage. Um, I think that would be a great fit. You know, would really terrorize a lot of the offensive linemen in this uh, in his division. Should he be should he be picked at number twenty seven to Seattle? Uh, number twenty eight is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I'm gonna have him select Kenneth Murray. You know, kind of a faller. Um, you know, at latest I would have expected him to be picked at New Orleans, but as you could tell in this mock draft, he traded back. Um, you know, very. He has, you know, there's nothing negative to say about him. Like I said, you know, he's a very good, well-rounded player. You know, he's a pass rusher. He can also play in coverage. You know, he has a great personality as well. Um, I really don't see any negatives with Baltimore picking Kenneth Murray. And, you know, he's really more of like that, you know, future linebacker, you know. Um, they picked up uh, Jake Ryan in free agency this uh, just a few days ago, actually. But um, uh, I wouldn't think that... Um, Jake Ryan is their future linebacker. He's a very solid and productive linebacker, but you'd rather take, bring in somebody, you know, as talented as a Kenneth Murray, you'd stop his fall. Um, you might be trading away Matt Judon. So even then, if you um, keep Jake Ryan for the future and then you draft Kenneth Murray to be your, um, for them two to be your linebacker duo, I think that would be really, really good. Uh, number 29 is the Titans. Um, I'm going to have them select Patrick Queen. They, they need, you know, linebacker depth. Um, I heard that they were interested in Clowney, but I don't know at, like, what price tag or how those discussions have um, fell through or, you know, how contract talks have advanced. Um you know, they need, you know, a lot more depth out of that linebacker position. There's not a whole lot to say other than that, that they need that, and Patrick Queen is the best linebacker available. And Patrick Queen, like, I'm not, I feel like I'm not talking about him as much, but Queen is one of the more underrated talents in this draft at LSU. I mean, he really popped off in the, in the championship game. Um... Yeah, Patrick Queen to Tennessee. That's what I think will happen. Number 30 is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Green Bay, I would expect them to look at a, another wide receiver. Um, they picked up Devin Funches in free agency, but he's on a one-year, and you don't know um, if he's going to really, you know, you don't know if he's going to boom or bust. I'm going to have him select Denzel Mims out of Baylor, you know, a nice vertical threat, you know, um, very quick with his feet. Um, some of the best hands in this uh, draft class. I mean, he's like the last receiver to be picked in the first round. But, it, you know, if you go back, I drafted or who I think these teams will draft, the receivers that were picked. Uh, one, two, three, four. Oh, I only had five receivers get picked in the first round, but that's, you know, very... That is a lot of receivers to be going in the first round. Uh, Mims being the last of them from Baylor. Um, I think he would really thrive in a Matt LaFleur system. 
Um, he's going to have Aaron Rodgers throwing to him for the foreseeable future, at least. Um, and he gives Aaron Rodgers that um, that next receiving threat, and he doesn't have to over-rely on Devontae Adams to really carry the, the receiving group. Uh, you take Denzel Mims and you keep uh, trying to build your either your offensive line or your receiving group. Uh, number 31, I don't have San Francisco being uh, uh, a trade down. You know, I don't have them trading down. I'm going to have them select Ross Blacklock at TCU. Um, if they didn't trade back at that number 13 pick, I would have had them take uh, Javon Kinlaw. But, you know, due to how I have everything played out, um, if they do select a Henry Ruggs, then I would assume that a defensive tackle would be their target at number 31 since they traded uh, DeForest Buckner. Um, he's really going to create a little bit more room for the their other linebackers, and I think that would you know be a very smart pick, and that's where I think that they would go if this scenario played out. And with the last pick in the first round and the 32nd pick, I have Kansas City select AJ Terrell, the cornerback from Clemson. Um, they lost Kendall Fuller. Um, this free agency, their number one corner right now is Bashad Breland. You kind of want to get younger with that position, and you would want um, uh, you would want more talent in the secondary to really try to repeat as Super Bowl champions. And I think AJ Terrell, the best corner on the board would really make sense for them. And if the, he were to fall there, that he would be the pick no matter what. And with that last pick of the drafts, that is going to wrap up the second episode of the AZ Sports Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the draft special. I may come out with more episodes in the near future, so stay tuned for that. And yeah, I'll be back.